a small underground church congregation was meeting on the Arabian Peninsula in a country hostile to Christianity. Jonathan Ekman tells us about some of the persecution this church experienced last year. On a Sunday morning during the service, there's 10 or 11 people in this church, and they're meeting, and men came into the room with guns, and they began to threaten them and yell at them. These men pointed their guns at the pastor, but his response showed the peace that only Jesus can give. In that moment, what he felt led to say was, he said to his church, be at peace. Soon we will be with Jesus. Jesus never promised his followers an easy path. In fact, he told his disciples that the world would hate them. He sent them out as sheep among wolves. Jesus' words came true in the life of the apostles, and they're still coming true today in the lives of his followers around the world. Join host Todd Nettleton as we hear their inspiring stories and learn how we can help right now on the Voice of the Martyrs Radio Network. Welcome again to the Voice of the Martyrs Radio. My name is Todd Nettleton. Happy New Year 2023 has arrived, and we are thankful for you, thankful that you're spending part of your weekend with us here at Voice of the Martyrs Radio. Our guest today is Jonathan Ekman. He really needs no introduction. He has been here before. He leads Voice of the Martyrs International Ministry Work. So all of the work that goes on outside of the United States, that's sort of in his department and under his uh, supervision. Jonathan, welcome back to Voice of the Martyrs Radio. Happy New Year. You as well, Todd. Thank you. We're going to look forward to 2023, but I want to start by looking back to 2022. Are there changes that you have seen? Are there places that are different than they were a year ago this time? What has happened in in persecution of our Christian brothers and sisters in the last 12 months? Well, I think probably there are two countries that really come to mind when we think about, in this situation, really increased persecution, and certainly in, in one context, just a change in the persecution. The first is China. Obviously, we've all watched on the news with what's happened in China this year, and the zero COVID and and all of those things. But what we've really seen is the impact that's had on the local church. Uh, moving about within the country is very, very difficult, if, if not impossible, certainly for pastors and believers. Uh, so this has created a really a really difficult situation for our brothers and sisters in China. And we don't really see it slowing down or, or easing in any way. Um, the, the second one would be India. The Prime Minister Modi has really consolidated his power in India. There are elections later this year, which I think the decision is already known. I I think it's just a matter of of the formality at this point. But what we've seen is, you know, five years ago, we would see persecution in India, and it would happen at the village level. It was typically either your family or your local village, uh, just your local community, who would attack Christians. What we've seen now is— with Modi strengthening his power and the growth of the BJP and the, and the Hindutva movement, this idea that all of India should be Hindu, ha- has gone all the way down to the village level. So we're seeing more of the local authorities. So rather than just some so people— it's not just your family. It's the police. It's, it's not just your family or the neighbors. Now it's the, the police showing up, uh, arresting pastors, uh, hauling pastors away. And that is— Honestly, when I came here 11 years ago and led the work in India, that's a complete change from what we'd seen in the past. So both of those are, 
our challenging, really daunting task uh, as we look back and as, as certainly as we look into 2023, what will our ministry look like in those fields? We're committed to responding to persecution, to distributing Bibles, to equipping frontline workers. It's just becoming more and more challenging, certainly in those two fields. And I want to Tell our listeners, just uh, before we took our sort of end of year break and, and looked back on the best moments of Voice of the Martyrs Radio in 2022, we had a conversation with Bob Fu, the founder of the China Aid Association. We talked quite in depth about some of what is happening in China, some of those things. You can find that at vomradio.net. You can also find it wherever you listen to podcasts. So I'm not going to dive deeper into China, but I do want to talk about India, specifically as it relates to how Voice of the Martyrs responds, because when it's somebody who gets beaten up at a village level by their neighbor or their family members, we can get help to them. You know, when it's the government that's actually persecuting and you try to go and help the people who are being persecuted, suddenly you have a target on your back as well. So how has that changed the way Voice of the Martyrs is able to come alongside of Christians in the midst of that persecution? The end result is often the same, no matter who's persecuting us. Because when it was family and friends, after they would beat you in the street, they would take you to the authorities and put you in jail, charge you with disturbing communal harmony. When the authorities are showing up, the police are showing up, often the charge is the same. You're disturbing communal harmony. So in many ways, the the ways that we've responded to that in the past still work of sending lawyer a lawyer to the jail to try to get you out of jail quickly. What stands to be seen is, what does that look like as this continues? Uh, We've seen a tremendous uptick in persecution just by the numbers, uh, which is a challenging thing for us, just to be able to grasp how widespread this is and where should we respond, where can we respond, where do we have the capacity. And honestly, for us in some of these fields, that's an issue. The growth of the persecution is growing faster than our capacity to respond to it. Pray that God would continue to build our capacity in these difficult fields. And I think about, you know, like we talked about the change 10 years ago, that lawyer shows up at the police station and says, hey, what you've done is against the law, and maybe the police let the the Christian go. Today, the lawyer shows up and says, hey, what you've done is against the law, and they say, well, actually, no, the the government wants us to do this. They're, They're behind this. Yes, and then the lawyer says, well, what's the fine? and tries to pay the fine, and then we can hopefully get them out. Wow. We're talking this week on Voice of the Martyrs Radio with Jonathan Ekman. He is the VP for International Ministry here at the Voice of the Martyrs. Jonathan, is there a country or maybe a couple of countries? And I know our our prayer map, global prayer map, has just gone out. P- people who get the Voice of the Martyrs magazine, they're looking at that. They're seeing a couple of new countries. We talked about that a couple weeks ago, a couple new countries in Africa But are there a couple of countries where you think our listeners probably don't know about what's going on or the level of persecution or or something that's just kind of under the radar for most people? Sure. I I think northern Mozambique has kind of surprised a lot of us uh, in the last year or so with really just the level of violence and the widespread nature of that violence as really— Islamic extremists coming south into areas around Cabo Delgado and others, almost breathtaking violence in those settings. We have good partners on the ground. We're continuing to respond there. But yeah, most people 
if they've even heard of Mozambique, couldn't find it on a map. Uh, Northern Mozambique, Cabo Delgado, certainly places that are under the radar, but places where we are having a significant work uh, these days. I I think another one that's just one that even we are beginning to explore more thoroughly uh, in the next year are Malaysia and Brunei. So Malaysia and Brunei both share the archipelago with Indonesia, both very strong Muslim cultures, uh, both very restrictive toward, certainly toward evangelism, and yet still small pockets of our brothers and sisters. Uh, I think in Brunei, you could probably count them on your fingers, but certainly in Malaysia. So that's something that we're excited to continue to explore and look at in the, the coming days. Uh, but I think, yeah, if, if you want to pray for little-known places, northern Mozambique, Malaysia, Brunei. And Malaysia is fascinating. We, we've had Susanna Ko on Voice of the Martyrs Radio. For a Chinese person, ethnic Chinese, to be a Christian, no problem. No problem. For an ethnic Indian to be a Christian, no problem. Ethnic Malay, though, all kinds of problems. Big problem. Big problem. Big problem. So I hope you will take Jonathan's advice and add those countries to your prayer list. Jonathan, as we now look ahead to 2023, are there places where you see that our work is going to change significantly or maybe shift direction a little bit, shift emphasis a little bit? What do you see in the next 12 months? I think we continue to to watch really just the slow advance of Islam across the African continent. Two countries that we're really digging into hard right now are the Democratic Republic of Congo and the Central African Republic. We're looking at at being able to respond more robustly as we kind of figure it out. We, we like to go slowly into a country. We feel like we're really getting to the place where we understand it pretty well, and now we're going to start looking at what does that response look like? How do we do that well? How do we do that you know, one of the, the struggles for me is how do we respond well to persecution and strengthen the church at the same time? Because right. if we're not careful, we can weaken the church because we come in and now we're yeah. the saviors, right? And what we really work hard to do is we want to work through that local church and their capacity to help respond to the persecution that they're seeing around them. So that takes some planning and some some expertise to do. And, and I think those two countries in 2023 are places that we're really going to see our work evolve and and grow. That's a slow process, it as is a you slow say. You, you go and meet someone and hear their story, and then they say, oh, you should meet this person. He His story is even more amazing than mine. His suffering was greater than mine. And so then you go meet that person, and they point you to another person. That's not something that happens on you know one three-day trip. Right. Well, one of the things that's really exciting about those areas are the, the fact that God has brought us amazing staff. We've added some staff in the last year who are, no kidding, Central Africa professionals. They've lived there for decades. Uh, One was born there, raised there. So we're getting that shortcut to, I don't have to go try to sort it out. I'm not that bright. (laughs) But we have guys who, they live that world. They always have. They speak that language. They're able to help us uh, and go in and really figure out the situation. Um, so we're, we thank God for that. We're excited that God continues to bring great staff our way, and uh, that's that's what I'm excited about. Let's talk about two countries that are democracies, and 
uh, on our prayer map, they're both listed as hostile rather than restricted. So in, in theory, it's not the government that's doing the persecution, although we already talked about India and the fact that now oftentimes it is the government that's doing the persecution. Both India and Nigeria have elections coming up in the early part of this year. Do those kind of do elections make a difference in a place like India, Nigeria, as far as our brothers and sisters, as far as persecution? Does that change based on you know this party or that party is in power, or is it essentially they have elections, but it's kind of completely separate from persecution? Well, it's it's kind of different in both countries, right? In India, yeah, in India they have very little power. Uh, I had someone who once asked me, how involved are the Indian Christians in, in local politics? I, I said kind of laughingly, almost not at all, because they have no influence. They have no power there. So in India, yes, they will vote, but it's 1.3, 1.4 billion people. Um, so in one sense, kind of elections land on the Indian Christians uh, as a general rule. There are exceptions in certain areas of India, but as a general rule, it kind of lands on them. When we think about Nigeria, though, 50% of the country claims to be Christian. Right. So they're very engaged. I, I think the thing that they have in common is that neither Nigerian Christians nor Indian Christians place their hope in elections or in government. Uh, I remember a story. I, I was in India years ago now, and it was just before Prime Minister Modi came to power. And I remember I was meeting with some Christians in a large city, and I asked one of them, what do you think will happen if Modi becomes prime minister? And the response I got was, it'll be the end of the church in India. And I thought, well, that's a very strange answer, right? A couple days later, I was down in southern India meeting with church planters, these rural church planters, my favorite people in the world. And I asked one of them, what do you think will happen if Modi gets elected? And he said, we don't care. God <laughs> has called us to preach the gospel to the nation, and we will do that no matter who the prime minister is. I thought, my kind of people, yeah. right? So I, I think elections do matter, and I think this is true for people in Nigeria and India as well as America. We can't place our hope and trust in those. We serve the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, and we need to do that. We should be involved as God has given us opportunity, but we certainly should not place our trust there. Do you see anything changing in Nigeria as far as the, the security situation and Often in Nigeria, again, it's it's not typically the government that's persecuting. It's Boko Haram. It's uh, an Islamist group. It's Islamist Fulanis. Sometimes we will hear stories that the police were called or the soldiers were called and they didn't come or they came three days later after the people were dead, after the attack had happened. Does any of that change based on who's in power in the country or is that just reality? I think that's just reality in Nigeria certainly in north northeast Nigeria. We're talking this week on Voice of the Martyrs Radio with Jonathan Ekman. He is the Vice President of International Ministry here at the Voice of the Martyrs. One of the things we do here every week is tell stories. I know you hear a lot of stories, and you go and you meet persecuted Christians. What are some stories that you've heard in the last 12 months that you carry around, that, that you made sure you told your wife and you told your kids and, and you tell the people in your Bible study, hey, you got you to gotta hear about this guy. My favorite story last year came when a, a brother of ours shared with us about a missionary in the Arabian Peninsula. He was from South Asia, so he's not a Westerner at all. He's a South Asian missionary working in the Arabian Peninsula in a very 
restricted and hostile place, just a terrible place. And I remember this brother felt called to this place to such a degree that even in a heavily Muslim context, he wore a clerical collar because he wanted people to know, I'm a Christian, I'm a pastor, so wow. that people could seek him out, right? And the story— If, that if he, you were giving advice, you would say, no, this is a terrible idea. not the best way, but <laughs> God leads leads yep. our brothers and sisters Amen. to do crazy things, and I, and I love them. I, I, I just—I don't think I would have the courage to do that. So— but he so he pastors this small church, underground church in this very hostile city, and on a Sunday morning during the service, there's ten or eleven people in this church, and they're meeting, and men came into the room with guns, and they begin to threaten them and yell at them, and they put a gun to this pastor's head, and he said it was pandemonium, and you can imagine, imagine yeah. your Sunday school class guys come in with guns and put and demand that you come back to Islam or they're going to kill you. And he said, in that moment, what he felt led to say was, he said to his church, be at peace. Soon we will be with Jesus. Be at peace. Soon we will be with Jesus. And he said, there was this supernatural peace that fell over that room. Wow. And he said, those men ended up setting their guns on the floor and walking out. And I thought, I've never heard a story like that in my life. Right, that wow. that one to have the the leadership of the Holy Spirit, the presence of mind in that moment with a gun to your head, be at peace. Soon we will be with Jesus. We talk about that sometime as having an eternal perspective. That there is certainly there has to be more to this life than right now, and the best is yet to come. So to be able to say that in that moment, and to have such boldness since that time, we know that he's had the opportunity to leave. He and his wife, his wife was offered a job in a much safer place. They chose to turn that down because they feel called to this wow. city. When the, I tell people all the time, the fact that we get to not only know people like that or hear those stories, but to work with them, to come alongside that brother and say, what do you need? Right? We will help you. There's nothing better in the world. Than, than being able to be the hands and feet of Jesus in relationship with brothers and sisters like that for the sake of the kingdom in the world's most difficult and dangerous mission fields. I told people all the time, I have the best job in the world. I cannot believe that God allows me to do this. I, I think one other great story that I heard this year, I was in Colombia, and uh, we were meeting with some of our brothers and sisters, and we were meeting with Rolo. Some of your listeners will know yeah. Rolo. Rolo, Ro- just... Just for our listeners, Rolo delivers Bibles into guerrilla-controlled areas in Colombia. He is a former guerrilla, so, so he was was saved out of the guerrilla movement, and he has felt God's call to go back in with Bibles, knowing full well that some guerrillas are not going to like this. He could be killed at any moment for this, but he has continued that ministry over a number of years now. Probably the bravest man I've ever met. And so Rolo is telling his stories, and this new staff member has never met him before, and he's just mesmerized by it. And when Rolo finishes his story, I looked at this staff member and said, would you like to pray for Rolo? And he almost wept. He said, I would love to pray for Rolo. And Rolo, with a big smile on his face, says, are you strong enough to pray for me? <laughs> Can you imagine that? I, 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 looked, I felt very awkward I for him. I'm like, no, I'm not. <laughs> and our staff member said, well, I, I think so. And Rolo, with a big smile, says, I think you are too. Wow. And then our staff member came and prayed for Rolo. Just that that community that gets built in these circles 
Rolo knowing that we've stood with him and will stand with him for years, for a new staff member who's maybe heard about him but never sat with him, and you've sat with Rolo, you know what that's like. It's an amazing thing to sit with brothers and sisters like that. You come out of a conversation like that thinking, why am I not giving more Bibles to more people? I mean, he's taking them to the gorillas in Colombia. Surely I could take one to my neighbors. I mean, it doesn't seem like it's that hard. So uh, I love those stories, and I love the stories that we tell every month in the magazine, the stories we tell here on Voice of the Martyrs Radio. These stories have a power to grab a hold of our hearts and to encourage us, and at times kind of to slap us and and say, hey, what are you doing? Why aren't you doing more? I I like to encourage people all the time. I I love to tell stories. I tell stories everywhere I go. But I also tell, when I tell those stories in a church or in a small group, I will always say, you should go tell these stories. Mm -hmm. The fact that you weren't sitting in Columbia with us meeting with Rolo doesn't mean you can't tell that story. The fact that you don't know all the details of the first story about the Arabian Peninsula does not mean that you can't tell that story. We should be telling those stories, right? I mean, if you think of, remember nothing else, be at peace. Soon we will be with Jesus. That right there is enough to tell a great story. It is, and I would also encourage people to share the stories. Uh, I mean, you can text a link to this podcast right now. You can go to vomradio.net, send a link to a Christian friend. Uh, Do share these stories and encourage others with the stories of God's people in hostile and restricted nations. We're talking this week with Jonathan Ekman. He is our Vice President for International Ministry. Jonathan, we always finish up with prayer, and I want to finish up there with you as well. Looking ahead, 2023 is all out before us, lots of opportunities, lots of challenges. How can we pray and who can we pray for as we start out this year? Well, obviously, we'll always start with pray for our brothers and sisters. Amen. In 2022, we did projects in, I believe, 75 fields, certainly more than 70. So we have a lot of brothers and sisters out there who desperately need our prayer. And I always tell people, you may not know all the details, God knows the details, right? And God knows... Uh, what you're praying. And I I think for our staff, praying for increased capacity to get the work done that we need to get done. God has entrusted us with resources and opportunities and relationships that allow us to have a tremendous impact in our fields. Pray that God would help us to do that well, to be good stewards of those resources that he's entrusted to us, and to, to continue to look for more and more opportunities. I, I think that another thing to pray for would simply be more staff. We've added a lot of people to our team in the last uh, few years. We will continue to do that. We're slowing down a little bit because we're getting kind of to where we need to be, but that God would continue to bring great staff to our to our team. These guys don't grow on trees, right? So we're looking for folks who have tremendous experience living and, and working in hostile and restricted fields. And uh, so there's there's a great demand for that. We're always looking, uh, so pray that God would continue to do that. He's answered your listeners' prayers over the last couple of years, because I think I've shared that every time I've been here. Yep, I think so. And God has tremendously answered that prayer. And then I, I think just continued faithfulness of VOM, to be stewards of these stories, to be stewards of, of the vision of Richard and Sabina Wormbrand, to lead us to re- recognize our persecuted brothers and sisters around the world truly as our family. These are not just people that you'll never know or see on the other side of the world. These are our brothers and sisters. 
may God richly bless them and watch over them and keep them. I would challenge your listeners to pick one country somewhere in the world that they know nothing about. You might, you can do that. You can take a globe and spin it and stop it with your finger, right? You can take the VOM Global Prayer Guide and flip through it and just stop somewhere. But find a country. I usually say somewhere like Djibouti. And I always say that because I like just saying Djibouti, right? <laughs> Pick Djibouti or somewhere like that and then begin to learn everything you can about that country. The VOM Global Prayer Guide will tell you a lot. Our magazine will show, tell you a lot. And then begin to pray for that country. And you can pray for that country, but specifically pray for our brothers and sisters in Christ who live in that country and see what God might do. Because your listeners may not be able to ever go to Djibouti, but they can do a tremendous work through prayer for the people and the believers of in Djibouti. And you mentioned the Global Prayer Guide. We have a brand new Global Prayer Guide for 2023. We will send you, VOM Radio listener, a free copy of it. Uh, if you go to vomradio.net, look for the notes of our conversation with Jonathan here. We'll give you a link. And again, it is free, it's full color, it's 100 pages, and it lists out the countries where Christians are persecuted. It gives you some basic information to start, as Jonathan has said, to start praying for that country. Hey, who are the persecutors? Who's persecuting Christians? Why are they doing that? What motivates them? How hard is it to get a Bible? What is it like to be a Christian in that country? That Global Prayer Guide is a great tool to help you as you dive in and begin to pray for our persecuted brothers and sisters And again, it's free. We will send you a copy for nothing. Just come to vomradio.net, request your copy. We will send that out to you. Jonathan, I always enjoy our conversations, and I hope our listeners do as well as we launch into a new year. I hope it's a year of incredible ministry for Voice of the Martyrs. I hope it's a year of great prayer among our listeners and people who really follow your advice and say, hey, I want to dive deep with this country. I want to pray for the people there. I would just so encourage our listeners to do that. Jonathan Ekman is the Vice President for International Ministry here at The Voice of the Martyrs. Thank you for once again being our guest on VOM Radio. It's a privilege, brother. Love it. Thank you for listening this week to The Voice of the Martyrs Radio. If you haven't already done so, be sure to subscribe to the free Voice of the Martyrs magazine. Just come to vomradio.net, click on the free magazine link at the top of the page. We would love to send that to you. Also, I'd appreciate it if you would take a few moments to rate and review this podcast wherever you're listening. That's a great way to help us reach new listeners with the stories of our persecuted brothers and sisters. You can also help us reach new listeners by sharing this episode with a Christian friend and with your pastor. Maybe you want to text a link to them right now. You can also give financially to support VOM's work helping persecuted Christians, providing Bibles, and supporting frontline ministry. Simply click on the Donate tab under More at the top of vomradio.net, or you can go directly vomradio.net slash donate. I also want to encourage you to come back next week. We are going to have a conversation with Susanna Geske, 15 years ago, more than 15 years ago now, 2007, her husband Tilman was martyred in the city of Malatya, Turkey, and she will talk about that day. Within 24 hours, she had been on national TV in Turkey forgiving the five young men who killed Tilman. Amazing story of God's grace to her and God enabling her to forgive 
she is still in Turkey. In fact, she is trying to become a citizen of Turkey. Uh, So I know you will be encouraged by her story. Please be back with us to hear that. That's all coming next week right here on the Voice of the Martyrs Radio Network.